Yuvamos per Tesvav Mishnah Gimel 15.3. Now, this again is a machlokus between Beis Hill and Beis Shammai, in which Beis Hill started out being more machmah than Beis Shammai. Um, and ultimately they relent and they agree with Beis Shammai in the end, ruling like Beis Shammai. And that is also recorded in Mesechus Edus at the end of the first parak, and here it is over here as well. Now, the points of our Mishnah here is that we've established that the, a single witness, even the woman herself, is believed to testify that her husband died. But there's a world of difference between believing her so she can marry somebody else and believing her that she should be able to collect her ksuba. Those are two different matters. One is an iser v'heter, you know, I'll call it ritual law, her being able to marry somebody else. Um, and the other one is is dina um, mamanos, it's a financial matter. And you don't really have any case anywhere where a single witness can be relied upon to extract money from somebody else. You always need to have two witnesses to establish the halachic fact. And here, you don't have that. So the machlokas will be regarding whether she, the widow, can also collect her kasuba, or if she can only remarry. So, Beishamai Omrim Tinase Vesitol Ksubasa. Beishamai say it's a package deal. She can get remarried and she can also collect on her Kasuba. Beishil Omrim Tinase Velositol Ksubasa. Beishil said there's two separate things at work. As far as her being able to remarry, we rely on the single witness, the Eda Chadudimi Neeman, the single witness we relied upon for the remarriage part of it. But to extract the money from the. From the the estate, and and take it as her ksuba, so that no, no such, no such, no such thing. So, Amr lehen beishamai beishamai attempt to convince Beis Hillel that their position is untenable based on on I'll call it on reason. They say hitartem erva chamura. Beishamai said to Beis Hillel, wait a second, you're letting this woman get remarried. The stakes there are adultery. And a death penalty. That is a severe thing that you're being lenient on. Lo tatiru es hakal, but you're not prepared to be lenient and let her collect the 200 zuz from her ksuba, which is, of course, okay, that's gezel, that's theft, but it's like much less severe of an infraction. So if you're going to be lenient and let her get away with a stricter thing, you should be lenient to get away with a less strict thing. Amr lehen basil. Basil say, nope. That doesn't that doesn't doesn't hold water because matzinus ein ha'achem nichnasin la'nachla alpia. They say, listen, he'll say to Beishamai, listen, even you agree that if this woman comes back and claims that her husband's dead, based on that testimony, we will not let her brothers take like as an inheritor, like say that she has a brother. So like, let's say that he had a brother. Reuven, Reuven's wife comes and says Reuven's died. Based on that testimony, we will not let Shimon take his stuff, his brother Shimon take his stuff. And although normally the heir is the son, uh, not the brother, but in the event that the person has no children, has no fa- living father, then indeed it's his brothers who are his heirs. And we said in the previous Mishnah, you saw that we're allowing Yibum to happen. So we're allowing this brother to marry her, but we're not allowing her, the brother, to, to um, inherit him. Inherit the, the the brother's stuff, to take the brother's stuff. So you see, that's exactly analogous, where you have you're permitting something severe, both adultery and potentially, you know, Aishas Achiv sleeping with your brother's wife, 
um, that we're allowing to happen, but we're not, we'd still, even Beishamai would agree, we're not allowing the brother to collect on the estate as if he's the heir, because one witness is not enough. So you see that you have to differentiate between the erva, the araya situation of marriage, and the mamana situation of, of taking what isn't yours financially. And since Beishamai do agree with that, they do agree that the brothers will not be able to inherit based on her testimony, so Beishil sort of, it's one point to Beishil. And nevertheless, Beishamai do a second attempt, and this is going to be the winning argument. They say, well, Amr lehem Beishamai, v'halo mesefer ksubasa nilmod. We can learn the intention of the obligation that the husband undertook with the ksuba based of the customary language that's in- included inside the ksuba. Shukosavla, because what was customary, at least in that time and place, to include in the ksuba, the marriage contract was, sh'im tinasi la'acher, titli lichi, that if you're going to be marrying somebody else, you'll also be take what's, you know, what's rightfully yours in this ksuba. So we see from what's the customary language of the ksuba that the intention of the husband is that her ability to remarry and her ability to, to collect on her ksuba are interdependent. They, they are connected one to the other. The rationale would be something like, now, now I'm putting words in the Mishnah aren't there, but the rationale would be something like, you know, this is like affecting effective kind of like her as her dowry, right? She's going to get remarried. He wants his wife to be able to start a new life and therefore he's happy for her to have her ksuba. Just he's happy for her to remarry in the event that he needs, you know, he's out of the picture. So the point is, since the point is that the spirit of the ksuba commitment is that if she's able to remarry, she's able to collect the ksuba. And that spirit is reflected in what's customarily written inside the ksuba. So, so therefore, she should be able to collect. It's not the same as having a third party trying to collect, like the brothers, um, on her, based on her testimony, the ability of her to be taken care of based on the, her husband's commitment to her at the time they get married, that she'll have some sort of financial stability in the fact that he, in the event that he's out of the picture. And on that, Amchazer Beis Hill, Lahoros Kadiver Beis Shammai, Beis Hill were convinced, and they then began to rule like Beis Shammai, that she can not only remarry, but also collect on her ksuba. Now, let me just speak out for a second. Um, what is not the pshat here? Don't misunderstand it. It's not what Beis Hill are saying, excuse me, Beis Shammai. It's not Beis Shammai saying that the fact that he wrote in his ksuba that she can collect, if she can remarry, we're enforcing the ksuba's language. That's not what's happening at all. In fact, um, in, in uh, this time in the Mishnah, it ha- might have been customary, but if it happened to be a scenario in which he didn't write that in her ksuba, it, it wouldn't matter. She could still collect. And all the more so, in nowadays, that's never written in the ksuba, that, that piece of language doesn't exist in the ksuba. Um, and nevertheless, the lacha is like, that she indeed can collect and get her ksuba based on her own testimony. That's the din lacha.